morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Preach to love our kids. We love you kids. And we're just praying that you're going to have an amazing Christmas in just a matter of a couple days. And so, praise God. We thank you for being in attendance today and uh, just purpose to celebrate the reason for the season. Amen? Uh, Isn't it uh, so easy to get overwhelmed and just captivated by the commercial side of Christmas and, and feel the pressure? But really, there's a true heart of what Christmas is all about, right? And so, you know, as... I've been pondering just this message and the whole idea of that Christmas is just a couple days away. I really stand in amazement that Christmas is here. Uh, It just feels like yesterday or last week that it was Thanksgiving. And I'm thinking, how in the world did we get here already? And you realize that just in a matter of a few days, it's going to be 2019, right? And so it's amazing how just day after day, we can go through the routine of life and it just becomes another day, right? And if we're not careful, every year that Christmas rolls around, it can just turn into another random Christmas. But my heart is and my prayer is is that this Christmas, that there would be something that would just ignite in your heart, that it wouldn't just be another random Christmas. It wouldn't be just another day that we're thinking, Man, I didn't get to do all that I wanted to do. But we really truly have the opportunity to embrace the reason for the season. My heart is is that you would truly begin to experience the wonder of Christmas. Because Christmas is a wonder. And so I want to just take a minute to look at the Christmas story just in part. And there's a few different things that I want to bring out to your attention. Most of us are very familiar with the Christmas story, but in Luke's gospel, chapter 1, starting in verse 29, there's some things that we see here concerning God, that the whole purpose of Christmas was not random at all, but was very intentional. You realize that God is extremely intentional in everything that He does. He doesn't do anything just because. He doesn't do anything by accident. There's nothing that catches him off guard. He's very intentional in everything that he does. And so when it comes to Christmas and the reason that we celebrate it, there was intentionality behind it. And as we begin to look at this story, we begin to see that. And as I said in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 29, the angels came to Mary, and it says this, But when she saw him, she was troubled at his sayings and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then in verse 37, it says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen? He came with a message of great intentionality. And I like that verse in verse 37. He says, for with God, nothing is impossible. And so in my definition, the angel saying is that God's fixing to do something. 
or in our kids' vernacular today, God's getting ready to blow your mind. <laughs> Have you ever seen our kids do that? Right? I mean, can't you just see the angel doing that? Listen, God's fixing to do something. It's going to blow your mind. Right? And he's speaking to her and saying, there's something that God's getting ready to do. And nothing is impossible. And what I'm getting ready to tell you, it's going to seem impossible, but with God, nothing is. And then we see the story continue as we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And it's interesting that there's similar conversation. This is the story where the shepherds were out in the field and they had a visitation as well. And it says, there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Didn't he just say that to Mary? Don't be afraid. It goes on to say, he says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. Again, if you're feeling or experiencing the weight and the heaviness of just life as you come into this holiday season, I want you to know something that God is saying that exact same thing to you. Don't be afraid. And why would you be afraid? Because God's getting ready to tell you something and show you something that's going to blow your mind. And right now is an opportunity for you to believe in the impossible. Amen? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've dealt with. I don't know what this year has been for you. But I'm here to tell you, God is saying, don't be afraid. I'm fixing to do some things. Amen? I'm getting ready to blow your mind. Amen? And so again, we see that God wants us to respond in faith. But here's one of the things that the angel finished by saying and he says that which God is getting ready to do and has done is a sign it's a sign and that's what Christmas is all about it's a sign of God's love towards his kids and see this whole story of our relationship with God it's not about God wanting to do something for us it's not God wanting to do something to us it's God wanting to do something in us amen I said God wants to do something in us but unfortunately what do we do especially in this season of Christmas I mean our our kids say it to us I want this I want this I want this and I want this I want you to do this for me and we know that God does stuff for us, but the most significant thing that God wants to do is not to us, not for us, but it's in us that God wants to meet us. And like I said, just blow your mind for the things that he desires to do. Christmas in itself was a sign was a wonder of God's love and God's goodness and God's power toward us. But one of the things that we know is that Christmas was not just the beginning of signs because God was a God that is not a God of hide and seek, but He's always been a God of show and tell. Let me say that again. 
God is not a God of hide and seek. He is a God of show and tell. Meaning he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to be real. He wants to be known. He don't want to be just a Christmas story or a good fairy tale. He wants to know you personally. And so when we look at just the sign of Christmas, it was the very beginning, or excuse me, it was not just the very beginning of signs, but it was just in the nature of who God is. Because we see throughout the Word of God that God consistently would give us signs and give us wonders to show us His heart, His goodness, His love, His mercy. Amen? How many of you know that when it comes to Gift giving. We don't do it out of obligation, do we? We do it because we love our children or we love those family members that we're giving our gifts to. It's an expression of our love, right? And if we have the ability, now again, let's really be realistic. If we had the ability, how lavish would we be in our gift giving? You see, we only don't give lavishly because we always look at what we do or we don't have but if we had it if there was no object to that which we could have access to wouldn't we be lavish givers right my wife is saying yeah baby be a lavish giver right and God has no limits to what he's able to do or what he wants to do and God is extremely lavish in all that he does and all that he's wanting to express to show us how much he loves us. As I said, Christmas was not just the beginning of signs and wonders. God was always a God that was showing us signs and wonders of his love. We see in Daniel's gospel in chapter 4, or Daniel's gospel, Daniel's not a gospel if you didn't know that. Daniel chapter 4 verse 3 it says how great are his signs and how mighty his wonders his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation now notice what it says there he tags something on the end he says my attributes my character, who I am, goes from generation to generation. The Bible tells us that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so therefore, if Christmas was a sign, if Christmas was a wonder, it's just part of the character of God. And the Bible just showed us in Daniel that Daniel, or excuse me, that God desires through the generations of his kids to continue to show and tell. He's wanting to show up and blow your mind in Job it says this it says God does wonders without number in Psalm 77 verse 14 he says you are the God who does wonders you have declared your strength among the people come on you are the God that does wonders what's a wonder a wonder is when you step back and you say God it could only be you. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Where it's like God showed up and he's fixing to do something. And he shows up and when he does, you're like, God, I would have never guessed you to do it that way. That was a wonder how you did that. 
That's the God that we serve. And the scripture tells us that's the nature of who God is. In Joel chapter 2 verse 21 it says, Fear not, O land. It says, Be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done marvelous things or wondrous things, one translation says. That's the nature of who God is. And see, we get so close minded and so tunnel vision to think well yeah that was the God of the Bible he don't do that but we just saw that he says I do these things to blow your mind to show you my goodness to show you my faithfulness from generation to generation we just saw there in Joel that the Bible says that God does wondrous things and then we see that in Acts chapter 2 when the birth of the church exploded the Bible says that Peter stood up and he says This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. That God said he would show signs and wonders. Amen? At the beginning of the church, well, you realize that we're still a part of the church this day. And God is still doing wonders. He's still expressing his heart and his love towards us because he wants us to come into a relationship of knowing him. He says, I'll show you signs. Again, signs shows us The faithfulness of God. It reveals His love. And it leaves us wanting more. It leaves us hungry. It causes us to want the goodness of God. Because you see that when God does things, it is not random. He doesn't just put His hand in the hat and say, Okay, here's the thing that I'm going to do today. Oh, your name's not on the list. No, God has always been intentional to express his heart to show his love as I said God's not trying to do something to you he's not trying to do something for you he's wanting to do something in you in the story where we see the angels came they said we're we're coming to bring peace peace on earth we're coming to bring tidings of great joy Those are the things that God wants to deposit on the inside of us. And only true peace and true joy comes when we come to know the God of impossibilities. Amen? He's wanting to love on us because He's not wanting to do something for us or to us. He's wanting to do something in us. Have you ever had a good meal? And as you ate the meal, you went away and shortly after you're thinking... I could do that again or have you ever got down the road and you know maybe it's been a week or so and you're thinking man that was amazing I could do some more of that I remember the first time that I ever had sushi we went down to Detroit and this uh, fellow he worked for Microsoft he was a part of our church years ago they he would live he lived in California and he'd travel back and forth on the weekends to visit family and so we went down to Detroit with him and he says you've got to try some sushi now, I'm one of those guys that I like to try new things when it comes to eating. And I never tried that raw fish stuff. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm not going to sissy out on this one. I might cry later. But I won't. Not in front of him. And so he told me how to eat it. And I ate the sushi. And the combination of the sushi and the wasabi. Oh, come on. Anybody, can anybody say praise the Lord to wasabi? You know what I'm talking about? Hit you in the brain. Woo! Wasabi. You know what I mean? and I had that and I'm like this is amazing and I craved sushi for like the next week and a half and I told my wife we got to go get some sushi come on 
the goodness of God will leave you wanting more. Amen? And as I said, God's fixing to do something where he's just blowing your mind. Come on, God has the ability to wasabi you in the most (laughs) special ways. You know what I mean? When God touches your life, whoa, wasabi, (laughs) you know? Why? Because God wants to reveal himself and wants you to experience that he is the God of, of impossibilities. He wants you to know that he's wanting you to experience him on a real life basis. There was a man, he's actually a minister, one that we're acquainted with. And he was telling a story of several years back when he was just desiring to know God. Know the tangibility and the realness of God. And he said as he was just seeking God, he said uh, God just was, was just pouring his love out on him and just revealing himself in some unique ways. And he says one time, he, he's a traveling minister, and so one time he came back into town where he's at in Texas, and there was a pastor in that local area that says, well, listen, if you're going to be back in town, he says, why don't you come and minister at my church? And so when he got home, he did. He went and ministered at the church. He took his two little girls and his wife down with him, and it was an evening, and so he's driving back home a few hours to get home from Texas to the home that he lives in. And he says, as he's driving down the road, he said, my wife is sleeping. The girls are sleeping in the back. And he says, I run over something in the road. And he says, man, it really jarred the car uh, uh, severely. And he says, you know, we're driving down the road. And he said, all of a sudden, the, the, the car started spitting and sputtering. And he said, I looked down at the gas gauge. And he says, the gas is empty. And he said, I filled it up before we left town as we headed back home because it was a few-hour drive. And so he's sitting there on the side of the road out in the middle of nowhere, And he's got his two little girls and his wife in the car. And he's saying, I don't want to go walking because if I walk, then I'm going to leave my children and my wife by themselves. So he said, I'm just going to sit here in the car and hope that somebody comes along. And so he and his wife, they just prayed. We said, God, we thank you that you're sending somebody along the way to help us. And shortly thereafter, they saw some headlights coming off in the distance. He said, I got out of the car and I had a flashlight in hand. He said, so I started flagging the person down and the person stopped and says, are you doing all right? He says, no. He said, uh, I hit something in the road and it ruptured my gas tank. And he says, we're stranded. He says, do you think you can help me? He says, well, he says, there's a town down the road about 20 miles. He says, I got a chain in the back of my truck. He says, I can hook onto you and drive you down to the service station in the next town. And he says, well, man, I would sure greatly appreciate that. I hate to put you out, but man, that's going to be a big help. And the man said to him, he says, well, that's what I was sent for. Didn't think anything of it at the time, but... They hooked him up, drove into the, the town, and he says, once we got into town, he says, the town's closed because it's in the wee hours of the morning. He says, we pull into this service station, all the lights were off, and he says, the guy got out of the car, got some keys out, unlocked the door, went inside, turned all the lights on, lifted up the garage door, and he says, me and he, he pushed the car into the garage bay there, and he says, he lifted the car, started working on my car, he said, he fixed the uh, uh, the gas tank, and he said, we pushed it back out. We pushed it out to the, 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 the gas pump. He said, he turned the gas pump on filled up my gas can, or my, my gas tank. And he says, man, I am so thankful. He says, I don't even know how to tell you how, how appreciative I am. He said, this is amazing. He says, let me give you something. What do I owe you? He says, no, you don't owe me nothing. He says, no, listen. He said, we were in a bad way. And he said, if it had not been for you, he said, we would have been stuck in who knows how long. He says, listen, you don't owe me nothing. He says, that's what I was sent for. 
He said, well, thank you, sir. I so appreciate that. And so they drove the rest of the way home. He had some other meetings, and so he went traveling and ministering on the road. He got back into town, and he says, you know what? I'm going to drive back to that service station. He says, I'm going to really say thank you to that guy in a in a real way, just appreciate what he did for, for us. And so he drove back to the city or the little town where the gas station was. He pulled into the gas station, and the gas station is closed. And so he goes to the restaurant right next to the gas station, and he asks the guy, he says, hey, he says, uh, do you know when they open up the service station next door? And he says, open it up. He says, that hadn't been open for 40 years. And he says, no, listen, he says, just a couple weeks ago, he said, I was coming through this area, and he said, my car broke down, and he told me to this service station, and, and he fixed my car. He says, that, that's impossible. He said, they've not been in business for, for decades. He says, I'm telling you. He said, he pulled me in, he unlocked the, the, the building, turned the lights on, pulled me into the station, then filled up my car and sent me on my way. He said, that's impossible. He said, it's not impossible because when he was working on my car, he said, I came out and I saw your restaurant and thinking, you know, one of these days I'm going to come back and I'm going to visit your restaurant. He said, so I know that this is the place. He says, sir, it cannot be so. It wasn't this town. He said, because that building doesn't have power. He says, there is no gas in the gas tanks in the ground. It cannot be this place that you're talking about. And he went back into the restaurant. And so this minister, he's saying, God, he says, I know that this was the gas station. And God says, it was. He said, didn't you ask me for help when you and your wife prayed? And he says, and don't you remember what the scripture says? That there are those that have entertained angels unaware? He said, you needed help. And I sent help. Here's what I want you to know this morning. That God is a real God. Whatever you feel like is, is locked up and you don't have access to get to, God has the keys to get you into the place that you need to be. When you feel like there is no power to do what you need to do, God has the ability to do the impossible and get you the power that you need. Amen? When you feel like there's no gas in the gas tank and you don't have any ability to get down the road, our God that is fixing to blow your mind says, I can do the impossible because that's what I came to do. Not just a random thing, not just a random Christmas. I am the God of impossibilities, and I'm fixing to fill your tank up. Amen? Come on, that's the God that we serve, and that's the God who wants to know us. Come on, when you hear those things, doesn't it just make you hungry to say, God, I want to know you that way? Amen? I was listening to another minister, one that we're uh, familiar with. He's out of Oklahoma. His name is uh, Robert, uh, uh, Slar uh, Robert Slairdon is, is his name. And he was sharing this story of when he was a little boy. And he said, you know, I, I had this encounter with God when I was eight years old. And he said, I never said anything to anybody until I was 17 years old because, one, I didn't think anybody would believe me. But it was just too precious to me, the things that I experienced. As a little boy, he said that his parents would make all the kids read four chapters of their Bible. And every time they read the four chapters, they had to come out and give their essay of what they learned. Come on, how many of you know that making your kids read a Bible isn't child abuse? Be a good Christmas present to buy them a Bible. <laughs> but he said, you know, that was just part of the culture of our house, is just purposing to know God. And he said, this one particular day, I was wanting to go out and play with my friends, and 
My mom said to me, did you read your four chapters? And he says, no, I didn't, mom. And she says, well, you got to get your four chapters read before you can go out and play. And so he said he went and started reading his Bible. And he says, all of a sudden, he found himself being taken to heaven. Now, again, you can believe these stories or you're not. I've had too many experiences to know that God is real. And I could share a lot of things with you. He said, God showed me just the mansions that we're living in. He introduced me to family members and he told me different things about myself and about my ministry and what God was going to call me into. He said, I saw the angels. He said, those with wings and those without wings. And he says, you know, being an eight-year-old boy, he said, I was an eight-year-old boy even though I was in heaven. He says, one of the things I kept doing was trying to pull the feathers off the angels. And he says, but the thing that changed my life forever was when Jesus took me by the hand and took me over to the river of life. He said he took me into the river of life and we're standing there in the water. And he says, the river of life, and when you're in heaven, it's not like just here on earth. He says, when you're here on earth, you're waterproof. You know, water can't get into you. He said, but when you're standing in the river of life, he said, it was like the river was running through you. And he said, you can literally feel the life running through you. And he said, Jesus was talking to me about some things. And then he said this. He said, this typically bothers people when I tell them this. He said, but Jesus picked me up and threw me into the river. And he said, when I got out of the water, he said, I come up out of the water. And he said, I splashed Jesus back. I'm like, you splashed Jesus? He says, yes. He threw me in the water. So you throw me in the water, you're getting splashed back. And he said, and in that moment, he said, Jesus and I started having a water fight in the river of life. And he said, it wasn't all the amazing things that I saw in heaven that keeps me walking with God. He said, it wasn't all the tremendous and amazing things that are hard to even imagine or articulate with human tongue that keeps me serving Jesus he said, what keeps me serving Jesus was when he threw me in the water and we began to have a water fight. Because in that moment, he said, I didn't just see Jesus as Lord. He said, Jesus was my friend. You see, we look at God as so he's such a stern and hard and heavy God. He's just a God that wants to know us. That loves us so much that he gave us the best gift, Jesus, his son. And he did it for the purpose, reason to know you and me. He didn't do it randomly. He did it intentionally. And if you'll give him the opportunity, he will cause you to be hungry for more of him and to know him more. Amen. Can we stand? One of the things that God has spoken to our hearts just in these last few weeks as we've been spending time in prayer is the Lord said, finish full. Don't finish this year empty. Don't go into Christmas being empty and depleted and defeated. Build yourself up. Stir yourself up. 
Remind yourself of the goodness of God and why you're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. I encourage you, read the Christmas story. Remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. And in that, allow your mind to be blown because the very reason you have breath to breathe is because God loves you. And I pray that if there was ever a gift that you could receive, it was to know Him and to know God and to be so hungry for Him that you are unable to desire anything else. Oh, I long for those days. I long for those days. Amen. Come on, I see a group of people holding hands. Why don't you just do that? Why don't you hold your neighbor's hand? Don't be a spectator, be a participator. You've got maybe your family's hands right now. Come on. Let's just purpose to see God's faithfulness this year. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm believing that God's going to answer my prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the one that gave us the reason for the season we come to you this morning and we say God we want to know you for real we want to know you tangibly we want to know you personally God we want more of you and God if there's some things that are just blocking it Lord if 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 we've never known you that way we just surrender our hearts right now and we just say God blow our minds let us see the reality and the goodness and the mercy and the love of God. Show us your sign. Show us your wonders. Reveal yourself to us, Lord, because we want to know you. Lord, I pray that this Christmas will be significant. That will identify your presence, your peace, and your joy. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Praise God. Amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.